Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hello, hello, hello! Two days more, or two more podcasts, and then it is Super Bowl weekend. Things are heating up. Season's coming to an end. We're going to crown a new champion here soon. I'm Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. Belly up to the bar, man. Let's chat. And what we're doing today, and we'll do the opposite tomorrow, is we are going to talk about when the, the Patriots have the ball. All right, you know, and I will make my pick tomorrow. Uh, if you follow me on other avenues, you may already know what my thoughts are. I feel pretty strong in my convictions in this one. And probably by the end of this podcast, you'll figure out who I'm going to pick as well. But um, so, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little more wrap it up tomorrow, though. But I want to talk about <clears throat> when it, when New England has the football. So let's start on defense, and we're going to take a broad brush to this, that the Falcons, uh, you know, head coach Quinn it came from Seattle, um, and they built their defense in, you know, in a mirror image of the Seahawks, a heavy cover three defense with a single high safety. I mean, they certainly don't have Earl Thomas. Um, Keanu Neal was drafted to be their cam chancellor. Um, in 2015, they had a lot of problems defending running backs and the middle of the field in the passing game. So they went out and made a huge effort with the strong safety and two linebackers, Campbell and Jones. I mentioned Neil, the strong safety. Really, really athletic trio. That is only getting better. So that was a big offseason priority for them was to get faster in the middle of the field. Uh, much like Seattle is with Bobby Wagner and those guys. I'm not saying this defense is Seattle's. I mean, it, it isn't. I mean, it really isn't even close, to be honest. But that's what they're going for. However, as the season's gone on, and this is actually the case with the Seahawks, too, and I'm not sure the teams are figuring out the Seahawks cover three or anything, but uh, we are seeing a lot more man principles from Atlanta. And that's big. I mean, that's good. They're very young on this side of the ball, very athletic on this side of the ball in general, and evolving. I mean, they are certainly getting better. Where, as you know, we've had these conversations week after week. I thought this was one of the worst defenses in the entire league. And I don't think that anymore. But... I'm also concerned on this side of the ball for them quite a bit, too. And, you know, we saw, I said a lot of the same things about the Steelers last last week. Young, improving, energetic, athletic defense that on the big stage, Brady carved them up. You know, <laughs> and I expect the Falcons will play a lot more man. The Steelers didn't play man. They're not really built that way, and, and, and Brady kills the Steelers. Um, but I would think Atlanta's going to play a lot more man coverage. We'll see. I mean, I would think that's the method of doing so. I mean, the Steelers play a lot of cover three, two, 
and, and Brady just carved that up. I mean, I, I think you got to throw something different at, at Brady and, and try to be physical with those receivers and the timing routes and, and at the line of scrimmage a little bit more, disrupt the, the patterns a little bit more. Okay. So, I actually just wrote an article. I urge you to check it out on fanragsports.com about the problems or how that Atlanta is going to try to combat, you know, what their coverage schemes will be like and who they're going to match on who and what they're, you know, how they're, they're going to try to slow down Edelman, who clearly is the, the Patriots' top target since Gronkowski went out. I mean, he's racking up a ton of targets. Hogan's been a big, you know, player as well, especially of late, and is much more of a field stretcher. Um, you, you think about this Patriot passing game as a short dink and dunk, and, and they do that very, very well. But as Brady's shown over his career, there, you know, he's a chameleon, I mean, and and he, they are now throwing deep a lot more. And why they didn't last year as much was their line was really bad, and this year. They've had a five-man cohesive unit pretty much from start to finish, and it's gotten to be a really solid group. Um, that gives them a lot of options. So let's talk about, let's try to get in Belichick's head. So early in the week, I really, really felt that if, you know, the biggest, you know, when, when the Patriots had the ball, the biggest weakness either team has to me is Atlanta's run defense. Like I said, it's a very athletic, but it's also a small group. And sometimes they can be over-aggressive. They can get beaten off the ball. There's not a lot of size at any level until you get to the secondary. So my thoughts were, and I still very much feel this way, that I think Belichick is going to come out with very heavy personnel, maybe an extra lineman, extra tight end, both teams use a fullback a lot. I mean, I think we could see Devlin in this game quite a bit. Keep Atlanta and their base personnel with big, heavy, Garrett blunt lead drives, especially early in the game. And this does two things. I mean, first of all, Atlanta's numbers when teams run to the offense's right are really bad. They're really bad this year. And Cannon and Mason are a really good combination on that side of the line. Maybe put Bennett over there, too. Downhill runs from Devlin and Blunt and attacking that area of the defense. And I think you can wear down this fast, you know, defense that also, you know, their blood's going to be pumping like crazy and adrenaline's going to be flying early in the game. I think you can put them on their backs to some degree. Meanwhile, Matt Ryan's on the sideline. <laughs> you know, I mean, you could sustain offense, win the time of possession battle, I think pretty well by using this tactics. But they also have a nice advantage, too, in that I mentioned that the middle of the field hasn't been... It was a real problem for Atlanta last year, and they, they drafted these rookies to fix it. Well, it's a work in progress. They still give up a lot. Of, they're really, really generous to opposing running backs, too, in the passing game. And Lewis and White are a real problem. You know, I mean, if you know anything about the Patriots, this is obviously not 100%, but when Blunt's in the game, they usually run. When White's in the game, they usually throw. When Lewis is in the game, you don't know. And to me, that makes him the best of the three. But they will use all three effectively and efficiently. And much like Atlanta does, they'll detach their backs and get them matched up on linebackers. And I also think that, you know, the week off's really going to be helpful for Martellus Bennett. The 
Uh, the Falcons have allowed two touchdowns, you know, a touchdown in each of their playoff games to tight ends. I think Bennett could be a big red zone guy for them, and I like his matchups. So I think there's a lot of ways that New England can attack these guys with even just their running backs, you know, even bludgeon them with blunt or nickel and dime them and get those uh, those, those backs in space. And I think Atlanta is a questionable tackling defense. Uh, that's especially true with their, their new nickelback, their young nickelback, uh, Brian Poole. He's been a nice story, but he allows a lot of after-the-catch production, which is bad news against Edelman, you know. But Poole wouldn't be on the field if um, if the Falcons are in their base defense, you know. I mean, so he only comes on the field when you go to... And you get them in their their sub packages. So, you know, if you're out there with Hogan and Edelman in this big, pounding, blunt led offense, well, then Poole's not out there. And I think Collins more often than not, he's kind of the long, slender—not slender, but long, big Richard Sherman type corner. You know. Um, and, and all these guys got bumped up a little bit. Trufant, their best corner, is out. Just like, you know, the, the Pats are going to be without Gronk. Um, and Robert Alford has pretty much become the number one guy, more or less. But they mix and match these guys a little bit. Alford's the smaller, shiftier type. Collins is the longer, Sherman-esque type. So when it's just two corners on the field and two receivers on the field, I think you'll mostly see Alford on Edelman. I think you'll mostly see Collins on Hogan. But when they go three wide, I imagine that'll be with Mitchell, but it could be with Floyd. Uh, Amendola could see time as well. And Poole comes on the field. Poole's going to get Edelman a lot, and that really favors New England too. And I would think at that point you're going to try... And and obviously these things will change. I should have prefaced this whole podcast by saying maybe more than any two teams in the league, offenses in the league... They're going to throw different personnel and different formations at you like crazy. Atlanta does it like crazy. So there'll be a lot of mixing and matching and, you know, chess match for sure. You know, I'm, I'm painting broad strokes here of, you know, things that I think will happen a higher percentage of the time or, you know, more so than not. Um, so again, I mean, I really like what Brady's going to have to operate with and, it's no disrespect to Atlanta's defense. I mean, I do think it's a good, improving group. Much better the, the second half of the season, and even more recently. Although, I don't know that the the Seattle running game or, or the Green Bay running game is anywhere close to what they're going to see in this one, or as varied as they'll see in this one. Brady's at the height of his powers. I mean, that's obviously a problem, too. There's a lot of things that favor New England's offense here. All right. Kind of went over who I think's covering who, styles of defense, styles of offense, how these teams probably attack each other. You know, a huge key, obviously, through Brady's career, and this, you know, it doesn't make him unique, is when you hit him and you pressure him, especially up the middle, he's not the same guy. Or, you know, there's at least a chink in the armor. He's not perfect. I like the way Hageman's playing. I like the way Jarrett's playing. Very different type interior lineman. 
Um, you're probably out there thinking, well, how about Vic Beasley, man? He, he led the league in sacks this year. And he's a good player. And he's an improving player. He's a good athlete. He's explosive in a front, in a, in a straight line for sure. Um, but a lot of his sacks this year, like, like I think I've told you this, you know, I, I don't think he's a top 10 pass rusher in this league. He's certainly not Vaughn Miller or Cleo Mack or somebody like that. A lot of his sacks this year came against when they played bad teams and they came in bunches, which good. You know, you're supposed to beat up on bad teams. A lo- also, a lot of his sacks came with, you know, designed loops and stunts. And like I said, they're an athletic front. They do a lot of design defensive line movement, which is great, but it's a few more steps for Beasley. I mean, if you just think about it. If he stunts around and behind his guy and comes in through the A-gap, it's more steps for Beasley to get to Brady than Vaughn Miller coming screaming off the edge beating a tackle. You know what I mean? Or the ideal way would be Aaron Donald beating somebody right off the bat and coming right up the middle. Well, they don't have those guys. Um, and to me, as quick as Brady gets the ball out of his hands, I don't think that they're going to get a lot of pressure on him. So, the next question. Do you blitz him? Well, Quinn faced Brady not too long ago in in the Super Bowl. I think he only blitzed him four or five times in that game, and Brady carved it up. I would think you're going to play coverage. You're going to sit back, tackle, hopefully better than Pittsburgh did, be a little more staunch with your man-to-man coverage, flood some zones, maybe only rush three at times. Still, I don't love that strategy against Brady either. You know, especially whenever I think his receivers are better than Atlanta's cover guys. You know, and they're again, they're improving. They're better. It's not the same group that there was in week four or whatever when they were bad. Um, but still, I mean, this, this still is a big advantage to me. And I think that they're they're certainly the better run team too. I mean, that run defense for Atlanta, I, I'm not convinced it's fixed. You know, that I see that they beat two teams and... It's great, you know, and they're quality teams, Seattle and Green Bay, obviously, but, you know, Green Bay was really beat up, and Seattle's line is not even close to Green Bay's. The the running attacks aren't nearly as diverse. So I I think that's a major disadvantage. And I had mentioned how tight ends are scoring on these guys. Um, Their red zone D is is one of the worst in the league, too. You know, and Brady's a surgeon down there. So... Obviously, I think you get where I'm leaning here when the Patriots have the ball. Is They're very much the favorite in that fight to me. You know, that Brady versus, you know, Patriots O versus Falcons D fight. I think they're a big, big favorite in that one. Um, I also think they can attack them a lot of ways. I mean, if Atlanta sells out to stop the pass or stop the run or take away Edelman or whatever, I still think there's going to be plan B, plan C, and a lot of different ways to attack these guys. And I also think that, you know, youth and is not, is yeah, they're young, but I don't, I think experience doesn't help them here too. Being young on defense you know, a lot of the Steelers players talked about how they thought a lot of their young guys last week were overwhelmed in the bright lights. Brady is not going to be. I don't think his offense will be. But if this young secondary linebackers, you know, feel that way for the first drive or two, ouch. So, all right. 
that's a wrap for today. You know, I thought that was pretty in-depth. If, if there's something I stumbled over and didn't talk about, uh, please drop me a line on Twitter. I'll go back and we'll talk about it tomorrow. We're going to do the same thing tomorrow, but when Atlanta has the ball, I want to save that one for last. I, I think that's a little bit more intriguing. You know, obviously it's more of a strength for strength. Not that you know, all the Patriots offense is not that far behind the, the Falcons offense. But Atlanta had the best offense in the league. Patriots had the best statistical defense in the league, points scored. Um, so that's the side of the ball I think more people are talking about. So I'm going to save that one for tomorrow. That's going to do it. Uh, check out the rest of the Locked On Network. Over and out.